Welcome to the School of the Forest podcast, episode 29. Welcome to the School of the Forest podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Russell. This podcast aims to educate you about outdoor living skills, give you a first-person approach to wilderness ecology, and provide you with a glimpse into the different methods people are using for sustainable living. To find out more about our programs, please visit schoolofforest.com. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. I uh, had a little bit of a break while I'm up here in Maine running the Jack Mountain Spring semester, but uh, taking a little time tonight to talk to my good friend, Rick Swain. How are you doing, Rick? Good. How are you doing, Chris? Good to be here. Good. It's uh, it's finally the end. Winter's finally over. We're in boats today, which is great. And it's weird because five days ago we got six inches of snow. So uh, nobody really knows what to do up here right now. Everybody's <laughs> kind of all topsy turvy weather wise. Um, so Rick was a student up here at Jack Mountain last fall um, and has since gone on to start. Uh, you're pursuing the main guide license, right? Correct. Yep. Correct. And then has started a business teaching uh, wilderness first aid. Um, so tell us a little bit, little bit, little bit about yourself and how you kind of how you ended up at Jack Mountain and a little bit more about the business. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, again, my name is Rick Swain and uh, I'm in, in the process of starting up my own business uh, called The Squirrel. And um, it's been a dream of mine for a long time to kind of get out on my own and I always knew I wanted to do something in the wilderness, just didn't know exactly what my niche was. And uh, I had the opportunity to go to the semester last year up at Jack Mountain. And that kind of like catapulted me into, you know, maybe this isn't a pipe dream. Maybe this is something I can actually do. And uh, yeah, so um, I kind of trying to tie in my skills of uh, 20 years in the military and and apply those skills um, as a as I kind of see it in an outdoor environment. So yeah, that's so, kind of what kind of what the the school is about. Yeah. So talk talk a little bit about you know you mentioned your kind of history with uh, you were medical when in your time in the military. What's the what's where's the the kind of shift happen from continuing to do stuff like that to wanting to do more wildernessy stuff like getting out yeah. in the bush kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. So like part of the, the my military medical training, there was a, a block of instruction on wilderness medicine. And I just found myself really, really interested in that aspect. And it wasn't called that back then. It was just, you know, sticks and rags type medicine. Um, but I was I was fascinated, fascinated with that that aspect of the, the medical piece. And um, and then I had the opportunity to go to um, SEER school, survival, evasion, resistance, escape. And I was just drawn to, to the whole survival wilderness aspect of that. And uh, I kind of wanted to tie those two pieces together and started teaching for um, solo, the wilderness medicine piece after I retired and got a lot of questions and and uh, request on like, what do I do if I have to spend the night? Like, how do I, what does that look like? And what's the effort? And so that kind of sparked my interest in, in creating two of the courses that I'll be offering at, at my school. Yeah, so did, I mean, I'd be curious to hear what the sort of difference between your answers to that question were before and after being, being a student up here were like, 
Because we, we, yeah. we've talked about this a lot before the podcast, but I'd be curious to hear right. you know, what you've thought about it since then. Yeah. So uh, like the whole military aspect, you know, we rely heavily on equipment and technology and stuff like that. And what happens when you take away that piece and you're left with, you know, the stuff in your backpack and, um, you know, going to the Jack Mountain and, and learning the whole bushcraft piece of it and um, was always a dream of mine. And, and to see that side of, of the wilderness and um, that the medicine piece, you know, what do what do I do if I don't have an ambulance in my backpack, so to speak? So yeah, that's kind of where I'm going with it, and uh, and Jack Mountain definitely kind of opened my eyes to uh, that aspect of it. So totally. Yeah, it was a, after Rick finished up as a student here, he you you came and helped me out with a program I ran down in Vermont with uh, folks from Dartmouth Hitchcock and. It's one of those crazy things where it sounds it's like a super daunting thing to like spend a night out with very minimal stuff. But right. I mean, I I run those kind of programs a lot. And I'm sure that you saw it as well as that people come out with it being this like sort of daunting thing. And by the by the next morning, it's it's not that it's not that complex, but you got to know how to do it right. And then right. and then it's almost comfortable. Right. Like you're. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're waking up a lot to feed the fire. But otherwise you're you're you know, you're not, you're not freezing, which is, which is the point, right? Right, right. Yeah. So just with, you know, a little bit of knowledge and, and applying that knowledge with minimal equipment and uh, just gaining that confidence of like, okay, this is how much effort it really takes to gather that much firewood to, to keep me from freezing. You know, I, a lot of people, I don't think understand that. And, having the opportunity to do it in a controlled environment, I think is, is huge. Totally. It's, 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 it's a, it's easy to think like, Oh yeah, I could figure that out. But like having done it, you, you, you have a really innate sense of like, okay, this is, this is how much I got to do. And this is how much, how long it's going to take. Um, and you know, we, with all the medical training stuff, um, it's kind of you're kind of always thinking that way right like how much time do right. i have how much how much energy do i want to expend and so to yeah exactly. to get the chance to to do that is a cool thing that i think it'll be cool for your you know when you offer medical programs to have that as an aspect of it sure, um, sure. which i guess i guess we should kind of talk about so rick rick's going to run a program through school of the forest in the fall um which you guys can all sign up for now the website's live and all that stuff or the web page rather and um and I think I'd be curious to hear what that course is going to look like, because this will be the first time I've had a program run through School of the Forest that I'm not kind of I'm not the brains of the operation, which, to be honest, feels kind of nice. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So so give me the elevator pitch here. What's the what, what are we going to be doing? Yeah. So it's going to be a two day, 16 hour course. Um, Wilderness First Aid is, is the title of it. And it's an actual certification um, that they'll get through SOLO, which is the oldest um, continuous wilderness medical program out there in the country, um, based right out of North Conway in New Hampshire, which is kind of cool. Um, so they'll, they'll receive a two-year certification uh, in wilderness first aid, and uh, it's recognized nationally. And we'll treat, learn how to treat everything from minor, you know, bruises and ouchies and scratches to life-threatening injuries that 
that you need to take care of immediately out in the field. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting where that, that kind of stuff doesn't really, uh, you know, you were talking about like the minor stuff that you're going to be treating all the time. Um, that's like the brunt of being a guide, right. Is all the little like fish hooks stuck in the finger or something like that. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting how, how much that's sort of not taken into account with people that are like, they don't think about how much like your day to day, if you're teaching people to use axes or knives, like there's little cuts and scrapes and you're kind of dealing with that all the time. And, um, so I'd be curious to hear your thoughts about, um, like the value of having medical training, even if, even if you're not a guide, even if you're just somebody who goes out day hiking, um, yeah. like where that, that's the thing that I think is super important. And I'd be curious to hear kind of your insight on, on why that is. Yeah, definitely. So I like to look at the wilderness first aid course as an insurance policy. It's, it's really an insurance policy you're taking out mainly for yourself, but also, you know, others that you may be coming hiking with or doing whatever you're doing outside with. Um, so it doesn't have to apply to a wilderness setting. Um, something as simple as a sprained ankle that, you know, in the front country, we, we lay on the couch, elevate our foot and turn the TV on in the back country, as you know, you know, six miles out in the middle of nowhere, that could be a life or death situation. Um, if you're not prepared to, to stay overnight and, uh, and to meet your basic survival needs throughout that period. So yeah, something minor, um, might not be that minor out in the back country. It could be life threatening. So, yeah. And even, you know, even, you know, we're talking about it being like a life threatening thing, but even if you're working with a group, you know, when you were a student on our, on our, one of our, was it our last trip? No, it wasn't our last trip, but our close to last trip, we had a, a kid that hurt his shoulder. Right. And that, that changed how we had to do everything, right? It, we had to change how the boats were set up. We had to, and then like manage that as we went. And that it's always kind of, it's going to pop up. It might not be a shoulder injury, but it might not be a sprained ankle or anything serious. But if people have little injuries, that stuff adds up if you're not taking care of it, right? And then the whole, yeah, the, absolutely. Kind of, the trip or the group suffers for it, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think, I think it'd be good to, um, kind of talk a little bit about kind of your experience medically um, and like why, what, what you bring to a wilderness first aid course that isn't, isn't really offered in other places. Um, you know, there's lots of places where you can go take a wilderness first aid class, but what's it, what's it about your program that's, that's different? Yeah. So, I mean, we do course evals at, at the end of every course and, you know, the positive feedback that I get is just, having the real world experience. Um, I get a lot of, you know, what if questions. And um, I feel that with my experience, I'm, I'm able to answer those truthfully. And, um, and sometimes it, it's kind of hard to tell them the truth about bad medical things, but yeah. um, they do, they do happen. And uh, um, I love to share my experience with, with people that are going out in, in the outdoors and, uh, you know, it's my passion. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, being able to teach this stuff. And as I mentioned earlier, I get a lot of questions on, you know, prolonged field care. Like what happens if I have to stay with a patient for 24 hours or more? Most wilderness first aid courses don't really go into that. And, you know, I've, I've developed a couple of courses where 
I can actually put students through scenario-based um, patient extended patient care, um, which you know you don't really see being offered that much. So, like anything else, the medical schools are perishable, and uh, someone that's not doing it on a day-to-day -day basis, I think the courses that I'll be offering will be a good intermediate uh, refresher and and um, a good scenario-based um, test, so to speak, of of, you know, where do I stand with my medical skills? Um, yeah, so. no, there's something to, we were just actually just today on the semester, we were talking about uh, reading through this book that we do every semester. It's about outdoor leadership and talking about like getting training. And, um, you know, they were talking about the, the sort of danger of trying to teach something you don't really know. Um, and, and there's something to that, right? Like you, you have a ton of medical experience and like, and not just the experience with the stuff that every other program teaches, but you've like, you've seen a lot of stuff and had to deal with it. Um, and so, so you have like an actual real world experience to, to share with people, which is, I think, highly valuable with stuff like this, because, you know, it's not always uh, like a clear cut answer, right. When it comes to things like this, you're kind of playing it by right. ear and you only learn how to do that well by doing it for a long time. So yeah, that's awesome. That's cool to hear. Um, so I would love to hear more about kind of the stuff that, uh, kind of struck you while you were up, up here at Jack Mountain. What were the kind of the stuff that you learned here that you think you're going to take with you into, into running these kind of programs? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, the 24 hour exercise, uh, the open fire exercise was, was right up kind of what I was thinking. Um, but to be able to do that and, to experience what it really takes to to maintain a fire throughout the night and yeah we should we should expand on what that 24-hour experience is um, yeah so what what rick's talking about is this exercise that we do um a couple of times we do it once every semester and then we sometimes do it in the winter but um the exercises you go out with um a knife and axe a pot to melt snow in the winter and not a lot else and you build a little you build a shelter and you put up enough firewood to keep you warm through the, through the whole night. Um, and, you know, sometimes we do it for two days and it's a, it's a, it's a pretty powerful experience to like be able to do that. Cause we don't do it when it's warm. Otherwise it's not real. You do it when it's still pretty cold out. And so you learn a lot in that, in that night that you kind of know rationally, but doing that exercise really, really like hammers at home in a way that it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't otherwise. Um, yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, no, that's, that's fine. Um, I, I think the other biggest part that I, I took away from the semester up at Jack Mountain was just developing systems and, and processes, um, especially with the journeyman certification, just being able to come up with a meal plan and how to develop, you know, checklists and, all that critical readiness that like I'm trying to, to teach in my courses, it, it's the same with, with the Jack Mountain, even though it's a bushcraft type environment, you know, developing systems and processes, I think it's really important. Yeah. From the guide aspect, it's sort of similar, right? You're trying to keep people happy and healthy, right? And you're just, you're doing it while they're okay. And then the medical stuff takes over when, when it's not right. right. Yeah. That's awesome. So, we're kind of coming up here on like the 25 minute mark or so. And I, I always kind of 
wrap these up uh, asking about like a particular experience you had in the outdoors that's kind of stuck with you for for whatever reason that is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, when when you posed this question, I, I kind of pondered a, a little bit and I, I it brought me back to um, my first mission in Afghanistan where we, we flew in at night to secure a, a helicopter site. And I remember just sitting there freezing all night, pulling security. And the next morning, the sun came up over the mountain and I got like a real good visual of what the countryside looked like. And even though the, the chaotic stuff that was going on in country, you could still see the beauty of, of nature and, and the outdoors, um, which, you know, I don't think we'll ever be able to change that. So I, that was something pretty powerful that I'll, I'll always take with me. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah well, like I say, Rick's uh, Rick's going to be running a program for us come this fall, and that'll be that's available to sign up for now. Um, and so, if you have questions about that, you can get in touch with me, and I'll get that all set up. And uh, yeah, looking forward to having Rick out to teach you guys all this stuff. And thank you so much for coming on, Rick. And uh, I will see you. I will see you soon. Sounds good, Chris. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. You've been listening to the School of the Forest podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, I hope you share it with a few friends. If you did like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other of the major podcast hosting platforms. And lastly, if you'd like to learn more about School of the Forest programs, please check us out at schooloftheforest.com and get in touch with us at any of the contact information you'll find on that site. Thanks, 